0: You're listening to the OKC 82 podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris, the best place for OKC Thunder basketball, a part of 107.7, the Franchise Podcast Network.
1: I'm spent. Welcome to the OKC 82 podcast. Thunder have now won two games in their second game scrimmage. In the bubble in Orlando, the Thunder come back from I think 21 down in the second half, and oh my gosh, Andre Robertson hit the game-winning shots. No Madison Morris today; she's Kendra Scotting. But it's very post-gamey. So for all the OKC2 listeners back before the uh, before the dark times, when we used to do the post-game show, we'd always have our trusty Rusty producer, Mr. Matt Burton. So, Matt, you're here.
2: Yes, sir. I am here. And
1: Deontay Burton hit a three, so we'll no doubt break that play down. Of course. Fairly soon. And I'm also joined, we are also joined by Mr. Ryan Chapman. Welcome. I guess thank you for having me instead of welcome, but whatever. I'm, I'm ha- here. I'm about to have you in about five seconds. Oh, no. You looking like that, my Ooh. goodness. Guys, the Thunder are 2-0. Oh. They're 2-0. and oh. What are we going to do now? Play every game in the bubble for Oklahoma City. Obviously. Yes. Um, well, I mean, let's get the obvious out of the way. The Thunder were down 21, and I think if you're really going to watch this game with an analytical eye and understand that it's meaningless, the score's inconsequential, if you're a Thunder fan, yeah, it's cool to see your team come back and win, and uh, obviously Andre Robertson making an impact, that's good for him to per- perhaps Matt, have it having an impact in the seeding games, but we'll find that out uh, when the time comes, but guys, and Matt, I'll start with you, the, uh, the starters were run. And it wasn't simply because um, the Sixers were hitting shots, the Thunder weren't. They looked lethargic. There were a lot of lazy kind of turnovers. There was lazy passing. Um, they they were missing shots that were wide open within the flow of their offense, yes. Uh, and then, like I already said, Philly hit us. They were 10 of 23 from the floor in the first half, 7 of 13 or 7 of 12 from the three-point line. But... Uh, I don't like what I saw out of Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, and that bunch, considering how dominant they looked against Boston in the first half.
2: Right. Um, they did look good the other day against Boston. Um, but we, we still got to remember, this is the second scrimmage. After being off for four months, too. So, there is going to be some sloppy play, especially from everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Chris Paul or Deontay Burton, even though he would never play sloppy. No. Um, He he was a big part of the comeback. And he showed that today. But, yeah, but yes, no. uh, no, We just got to remember, like, this is the second game of a scrimmage. This is the second scrimmage game of this coming back off of a four month break. So, I think they just need some time to get back in the game. The eight uh, seeding games. Uh, will be important too and then just see where they get whenever whenever the playoffs finally start I think they'll clean it up a lot
0: yeah I mean this kind of tracks what we've seen since the restart with what I thought would happen which is the younger guys come out and look a lot more crisp than some of the veterans because it's just the toll of the NBA season they talk about preparing for that 82 game season and then being playoff ready I mean today Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari combine 4 of 15 from the field. Not what you want to see from your two most senior members of the starting lineup. Chris Paul especially continued to look a step slow. But of all the guys on the floor, I expect that Chris Paul is going to be there. He's going to be ready to rock once these eight seeding games. And more importantly, the playoffs start. So um, I'm not ready to hit the panic button by any means. But yeah, you want to see these guys get into a better groove. But again, this is something that everyone's adjusting to obviously like we've stated the whole length of an entire off season has been has passed between the shutdown and this restart you've got all the differences with how games on this bubble court are going to play out it's just not an environment everyone's used to so still a lot of uh gelling, I guess, or a re-acclimation to what's happening from the Thunder starters. But anytime you can put out a win, that it's what you like to see, because obviously when you get together, what's the point? You want to win these games. So it's good for the team, especially with what happened in the second half, which we'll get into with the second unit guys and some people trying to work their way back in, like Andre Robertson.
1: Yeah, so it's weird because, I mean, you're, you're exactly right, Ryan. Like, Chris Paul's going to be there when the games actually matter. Like, I'm not concerned about that. I'm going to assume Danilo Gallinari will too, but I mean, so far in two games he shot 2 of 8 today. I think he was 3 of 10 in the first game. So he's 5 of it, he's 5 of 18 from the floor in two games. He was 0 for 0 for 4 from three-point land today. I want to I want to assume that he will be fine and I'm 99% sure that he will, but uh the the weird thing is just going to be that and this has kind of been discussed here and there it really seemed like I don't know what you guys felt watching these first few scrimmage games with the Thunder and then the other teams, but I kind of came away and we talked about this on the other podcast, Masson and I. I kind of came away from the first game going, man, they're not as rusty as I thought they would be. Like there was no, there wasn't that many silly mistakes. Once you got into like the second reserve guys and then the bench warmers, like yeah, it kind of got a little sloppy here and there. Uh, but I kind of came away going, were these guys actually playing basketball this entire time? Right. Danilo Gallinari stayed in Oklahoma City and didn't really have access to any gyms. Uh, Obviously, none of his teammates were really here. I don't even think any Thunder players stayed here except for Danilo Gallinari. And he's kind of playing like it. You know, like Billy Donovan for the last month has been saying that the execution, the timing has has not been where it needs to be. And it kind of looks that way with Danilo Gallinari because there are a few times where he's missed like straight up open looks that, you know what, that'll be fine. He'll get his rhythm back. Then there are other times where he's taking like, off-the-dribble, one-foot, off-balance shots. He just looks kind of uncomfortable. So in two games, that's just – in these meaningless scrimmage games, that's what I've noticed. But other than that, um, starter-wise, let's move over to Lou Dort because he obviously played a lot more in the second half this game than he did in the first game. Uh, But Lou Dort at point guard is kind of interesting. We'll see where that goes. But Lou was just – like, I hate to – like, we we joked about this during the game, guys. Like what's the guy's ceiling? And it's we're not gonna figure that out in Orlando. But it's it's really interesting just watching him play with the confidence that he has, the ability that he has physically, speed, quickness, athleticism. He looks under all that being said, he looks so under control when he gets to the rim. And he shot two for four from the three point line, which is of course good. We don't really get that out of the two guard lineup or the two guard historically with the Thunder, but I mean I don't know. Like, what are we really going to find out about Lou Dort? Because these first two games have been very promising.
0: Yeah, I I think once Dennis Schroeder exits the bubble to attend to Family Matters, obviously more important there. I think that's where we're really going to see what Lou Dort is made of. But it it was really encouraging, especially in the second half of today and the third quarter of the first scrimmage. Because both times... Lou Dort was given the ball and put in a playmaker role. He's no longer just the fifth guy on the floor, fit into the flow of the offense, and play defense. He's been thrust in that position. And, and what have we always talked about? Brady, you've talked about this a lot. In the summer league experiment where Terrence Ferguson was put in that same situation where they wanted to make him uncomfortable and, and give him the playmaker role, see what happens, it didn't look like this. And it's just something that you like to see early on in Ludoard's career. Obviously, it's kind of hard to take this season and do anything with it because what do we always talk about? There's this this second season when teams have had a chance to scout you, try to figure you out that second time through. That's when you can kind of tell if this guy has something or if he was a flash in the pan. That's going to be even more delayed as, again, a four-month break between the first 30-ish games of the Ludoard experience and what we're going to see here. But just the fact that he's able to, like you said, so comfortably look in charge of that second unit here in the second half today and in the first game and make plays, it gives me a lot of hope for what Lou Dort can be and that he can become a meaningful contributor to this Thunder team. It shows me that Lou Dort has a ton of confidence in himself, which he should have,
2: especially he got paid. So good for Lou Dort. I'm happy for him getting paid. Um, But it shows me that he has a lot of confidence in himself and he should. And, with Dennis leaving, like you said, instead of having to stagger Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander's minutes to put one of them at point guard uh, whenever one of them is not on the floor, I like Lou Dort in that position. I think that he could do. I think that he could do a job there. Uh, he's not going to be near Dennis Schroeder's level and as far as contributing as that backup point guard, but he could come in and do a job. And we know that he can guard pretty much like one through three in the position. So. Uh, No trouble on on defense in that regard. But I think him playing against other teams' second players as a point guard, I like that. I kind of want to see what that looks like.
1: Yeah, like I I assumed going into the first scrimmage game that Lou Dort was probably going to be the first guy to get, you know, point guard duties in the second half when the starters are all gone. Basically just to see, like, where are we if we have Dennis Schroeder gone for an extended period of time? Like whether that's two, three games, maybe the entire eight games, we don't know um, we need to basically try to find our third guard that can handle the ball so that we can kind of have this whole thing. Because otherwise, like you said, Burton, um, they're going to have to stagger Chris Paul and Shagos Alexander. And SGA has made leaps in these, in these 138 days in between in the, during the hiatus. I don't know if he's there yet to put the, put the offense on his back just yet. He's not quite there, but he's, he'll get there fairly soon. But this Thunder team is so much better when they've got three guards on the floor that can handle the ball, spread the floor. And, look, I know Lou Dort's flaw offensively is just we don't know if he's a good shooter, but he's slowly creeping into a category of he's not awful. And he's about to get into that uh, f- that category of you're going to have to defend him if you're an opponent. So, And if that's the case, then that's half, that's more than half the battle for the Thunder's offense. So, um, so coming away from the first scrimmage game and today especially – uh, with Lou at point guard, I don't really have that much bad to say. Like, he can handle it, like you said, Matt. He can handle it. He's got confidence. He doesn't look lost when he does have to dribble penetrate. He's been able to kick out. He spots up uh, nicely from three, the three-point the three line. And that stupid-ass observation I made where I was like, even his misses are great because he shoots the ball so damn high and his shot spins so much that it's such a high-arcing miss if he misses it. It gives you an extra shot to potentially get an offensive rebound. The Thunder got two offensive rebounds
0: off of his two misses from three. So, you know what? Even when he sucks, he does something good. Yeah, and and not to look too far ahead. Obviously, with the seeding games, you never know what's going to happen just because this is such a weird circumstance. But what is the playoff matchup that we feel like is probably coming in the first round? The Rockets, it's really looking like they're tracking to be that 4-5 matchup you really like the thought of Lou Dort being able to stay on the floor and you can bring in Lou Dort to be that second point guard when you need him. And well, we've seen the emergence of Darius Baisley of possibly Andre Robertson. If you're telling me that those guys can be brought in alongside Lou Dort because you're going to be fine and you don't have to worry as much about staggering Chris Paul and SGA, that series gets very, very interesting. I think with some of the matchups that you can run with when the second units get out there in the playoffs.
2: I would love. I I, I've said I said this before the lockdown happened. I'm saying it here again. I want the Thunder to match up with the Rockets, especially now that they got rid of all the guys, because that opens up for the potential. If Andre Robertson continues, not just the shooting, but continues to play well and returns make an impact. Make an impact and can be kind of the Robertson of all on defense, especially, you can run him with a small ball lineup. You can put Robertson down there on offense. You can put him at the block. They have to guard him down there. They have to, you have to guard anyone. Anyway. If if you put me down there on the block, they would have to at least guard me instead of having Robertson out on the wing where they don't have to guard him, really. Which, I mean, maybe now if he's shooting at 75% clip uh, from three-point line uh, for the next however many games. And you
1: know what? If Stephen Adams keeps showing, and Stephen Adams, I think he had 11-9 and nine today, so it wasn't exactly the Boston dominance that we saw on the first scrimmage, but he, it was still there. There were some – he kind of played into a little bit of the sloppy play here and there, but he made a really crisp uh, backdoor cut pass to Chris Ball. I think he actually got fouled on that play, so – can't actually remember how it ultimately resulted, but if they're playing the Rockets, and we're going to get to the second half comeback in a second, but if they're playing the Rockets, man, screw going small. Just put Steven Adams against uh, PJ Tucker, like please. Steven take Adams, that one of the one of the
2: best offensive rebounders in the league. Like, yeah, just like go let ahead. him go.
1: Do what you want to do. Like the Thunder, if they're playing the Rockets, they should not cater to their lineup. Just go out there and be out and out physical them.
2: No, I'm just saying it's an option though. It is an option to have to have Robertson. Potentially guard James Harden on one end and then just put him on the block on the other and they have to guard him down there right next to the basket.
1: Well speaking of Andre, I guys, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. Like it it was weird seeing him on the floor, a good weird of course, just because it was nine hundred and nine days. I was fairly like past the point where I'm like, yeah, he's real he's there's a realistic chance I'll see him play for the Thunder again. And he walked onto the floor and made some really good plays against Boston. And, of course, everybody's happy for him. I was happy for him. And then today, this dude goes out there. He looks a little bit closer to the Andre Robertson of old, at least on the perimeter today, because the first game he's on the back line playing the four more times than not. He was out there chasing around, deflecting some passes, getting his hands up. Looked more like his normal self. And then he hits a three to go, ahead, go up by one after they were down... 21 at one point in the first half and then he hits a dagger three to extend the lead where the thunder ultimately took it home and of course the thunder were just jumping up and down like Derek parker was here there was four of us in this here apartment and we just we couldn't believe it so um we'll, we'll get to some other things first so let's just talk about the obvious andre Robertson, like this these are meaningless scrimmages i get that We've seen Andre have a good game or two in a row shooting the basketball, but what, what should we take away from this? I mean, this is, we've never even thought of Andre Robertson doing something like this, that what he did today. No, I'm
2: uh, as excited as I was whenever he hit that, I was still like, okay, but how long can this continue? Like really? I I'm still thinking that too. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to overreact. Um, but I mean, it's 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 kind of hard not to. It's kind of hard not to overreact. But I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna need to see more out of this from Andre. I, ju- I just from the past, however many years that he's played with the Thunder, I just I can't let go of that. And maybe I-, I do think most of it with Andre is mental. I think a lot of it is mental. And who knows? Maybe with the bubble, no fans there. Maybe that helps him out a little bit too. As crazy as that kinda of sounds, maybe that does help him out with not nineteen thousand fans sitting there and watching and like every if you saying shoot it. Yeah, saying, shoot it, and then if you hit the side of the backboard, like the collective groan of nineteen thousand people. That, so
0: maybe that maybe that might have an effect. Well, we've always heard, you know, that Andre Robertson is just just fine shooting the three, free throws, all that stuff in practice. And right. It just doesn't translate to a game. So like you said, that that could be spot on. Um, I'm kind of happy that I didn't tweet after the first game because uh, I texted you guys. I was flat out annoyed when he hit that three in the first game because I was like, we're going to have to deal with another two weeks of should Andre Robertson start and all this <laughs> stuff because I had completely written him off. I-, I had basically said if you can bring him in um, toward the end of the half when you get to where you know the game sh- lengthens out and-, and you're going possession for possession, sure, bring him in to play some defense. But he has looked a lot closer to everyone else's level of rust than I thought he would. And, and that kind of has me thinking, well, can he play meaningful minutes for the second unit? I'm not saying start him by any means, but but can he play a meaningful role as a luxury piece on the second unit to come in and and not see a lead evaporate or, or play a high level of defense? And And like we've kind of speculated, if it's the Rockets up first, that's a guy that if he's anywhere near ready, that's a guy you want out there because he provides some versatility in his length and ability to guard each position up and down the floor. So uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm not ready to go all in on the Andre Robertson has fixed himself on offense. No. I mean, these professionals, what do we know? The, the the best players go out there and replicate it every single night, 82 nights a year, and then the playoffs. We've seen two good really one and a half good offensive performances from Andre Robertson. He wasn't asked to do much in that first scrimmage. So it's a great sign. This is a great problem to have of, of whether you're asking, is this for real as opposed to going, well, he's back and everyone's happy, but he just doesn't look the same. And, and then you're just saying, well, we've now we've got a roster spot. We're just not going to use. Yeah,
2: I still don't think – I'm with you. I still don't think you should start – because that confidence I was talking about with Lou Dort, if you just come in and be like, okay, well, now you're back on the bench, I think that just completely ruins his confidence maybe. So I'm, I'm with you. Keep keep Robertson on the bench coming off as an option. Keep starting Lou Dort.
1: Yeah, and, like, obviously Andre was the cherry on top today, and he did make a lot more impact than just hitting those two big shots at the end. Um, I mean, he was wide open. The Sixers dared him to shoot it, and credit to Robertson, he hit the shot. But really what really spurned on that comeback um, let's just really quick get it out of the way. Uh, take it away, Deontay Burton's cousin.
2: Uh, Deontay Burton, hit a three. Simple as that. He comes through whenever you need him the most. And that's, that's. I mean, that's just the Burton way. He's a friend of the pod. That's the Burton way. He's a friend of the pod, which I was not involved with. And still, I just, you were invited. I'm just, you were invited. I was not invited. You were invited. I, I was not invited. But it's okay, you know, um, water under the bridge. Um but no, Deontay Burton—he comes through when he needed it, and he—he he hit the backside of the backboard on one. But so I mean, I, I, you know,
1: I, I, but, you know, push.
2: but if he would have made that, I would have figuratively blown the roof off your apartment right here, um, and just gone crazy. I might have walked out and uh, screamed to the screamed on the mountaintops.
0: Well, Burton obviously he didn't need that first three that he bricked off the side because. The Thunder 1 by 4 wasn't necessary. Right, exactly. He, it he, wasn't necessary. He was not yeah. needed, therefore he wasn't called upon. Right. He, he didn't want it
2: to be like a blowout loss for the for the 76ers, like after blowing a 20-point lead. Um, he wanted to keep it, like, respectable. I think that's mainly uh, why he missed that, uh, not because it was a bad shot, but just because, you know, he was like, I don't want to embarrass the 76ers too bad. Uh, that's Deontay Burton, though, you know, just thinking about everyone else but himself.
1: I actually thought – that this comeback was mainly like, I mean, it was either Lou Dort in the second half just running the offense or Darius Baisley. Obviously, Darius Baisley went on a stretch where he hit two threes, I think in pretty close proximity. They might have been back-to-back possessions, but it wasn't just the offense with him. It was just the defense, and it was such a far cry from what we saw out of Darius in the first scrimmage because the thing that I've always kind of prided myself on being a Darius Baisley, like, Stan is I think, I guess I think a little bit higher of him than other people that cover this team, but um, when he makes mistakes, they're they're good mistakes. Like they're, he's making those mistakes, they're the right play. He just can't do them just yet because he's a 19 year old, 20 year old rookie. Like he'll figure that out. Like it's better than driving to the basket with no purpose at all and you get a charge. Like Darius doesn't make plays like that. The first scrimmage against Boston, he was making some pretty uncharacteristic uh, mistakes, and I really couldn't you know criticize him that much for it just because the Thunder overall looked great in the first place. And it's their first scrimmage game. It's their first competitive game in God knows how long. So I was really happy to see him turn it on the second half and look more like the player that we're used to seeing now, albeit the Sixers are also playing their reserves as well. But it was a good showing. I asked Billy in the post postgame uh, if he noticed any significant strides. And, of course, Billy didn't answer my question. But he did talk about something that he – he talks about this with SGA all the time and SGA's bounce-back ability. And he always says that – in his opinion as a coach, the truly g- great players are players that can bounce back from both bad games and good games. Like you just remain steady, you remain great no matter what you are. And I thought it was interesting that he used, Dar- like he was describing Darius Baisley. So maybe Billy has a higher opinion of Darius Baisley than even I do, but that was a good sign moving forward because of the Thunder are going to go far. Darius is going to have to be a big part of that because Hamadou Diallo. In the first half, he did a whole lot of the same stuff he did in the first scrimmage, where he's taken off-the-dribble, con- contested, non-contested mid-range jumpers. In Against Boston, he hit one. Against the Sixers, he missed it. He looks a little out of control. Then in the second half, he cleaned it up and became more of an athletic cutter player, uh, was crashing the boards as much as possible, causing disruption on off the glass, which is really what he's best at. This is what he was really, really good at as a rookie. I don't know if Hami should be the first option, the first wing off the bench, especially, you know, who knows how long they're not going to have Dennis Schroeder. I don't know if that experiment's going to last, but if Hami basically becomes the player he was in the second half today, then he'll at least earn minutes on the floor. But I'm just curious what you guys thought of either Hami or Darius. I, I mean,
0: what we saw to Darius today in the second half, especially is sort of the cure to what, uh, one of the big problems we've talked about with the Thunder, which is they struggle going up against length. And if Darius can come out and be that efficient, be that active on the defensive end of the floor, and be able to stretch the floor with those two or three timely threes, get cutting to the basket, things like that, that's going to go a long way to kind of combating that that thing. that You, you can't really fix how you know, long your team is at this point in the season. I mean, the rosters are set. So I, I just think that Darius... If he can come out and play like that, he can be a big key, especially because you're just going to see a whole range of mismatches through the Western Conference playoffs. Um, Depending on how far Oklahoma City gets, the problems that Houston poses versus Denver versus the L.A. squads, all very, very different. And so any time you have that contribution from a guy as versatile as Darius who can be deployed in a few different spots and guard up and down the floor, kind of like Lou can – that's what you want to see and that's kind of what Sam Presti has always wanted is guys with that versatility that that can throw out there and play against a lot of different teams so I'm just kind of honing in on Darius because I think he could be a huge key and not just a nice piece to get you through the second unit which is that's kind of how I feel like Hami is when he's playing well he's a nice piece to add to the second unit to bridge you until you can bring back a starter whereas Darius I feel like can actually go out there and be somewhat of an x-factor himself
2: no, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, when, that, when that second unit gets Dennis Schroeder back, um, putting Darius Basley in there, I think that just adds another like playmaker. I am I'm with you, Brady. I am super super high on Darius Basley. Not I'm I, yeah. I'm gonna I could have just ended that. I could have just ended that sentence, that ended that sentence <laughs> before uh, before on <laughs> Darius Basley. But um, <laughs> no, I am very high on Darius Basley. I will take all of the Darius Basley stock. Um, because he is athletic, he he makes some bad plays, but he's still just a rookie, and he's trying to make things happen. Whenever that, whenever he makes a bad play, he makes a bad bad pass, whatever. It's not like he makes a bad pass trying to you know just swing it around. He's making a bad pass trying to make something happen, trying to get someone open or force someone open. Um, and he'll he'll learn more because uh, he's just a young player. He'll learn more about. Right plays and wrong plays, but he try, he's trying to make something happen. He is trying to play make. and at six ten and however long he is, and he is very athletic. Having a guy that can play make like that, uh, going alongside a Dennis Schroeder whenever he comes back, like you said, Ryan, that's just two X factors. Two more X factors out there you can have on that second unit. And Hami, as far as Hami goes, we kind of know what he is, right? Right now he's like an energy guy. He comes in, he'll bring you energy. He's going to play hard. He'll play his ass off. And he's going to play defense. Uh, not much of a shooting stroke. I will say that. Um, but, no, he is athletic. He's a spark plug. Uh, he can, I feel like whenever he comes in, everyone kind of just, like, raises their intensity a little bit. So, it's nice to have a spark plug come off the bench. I don't expect to see Hami getting, like, crucial minutes. But especially with the Turner Robertson. Right. Um, I, I do see Hami as a guy that you can bring in in a spot. Maybe you guys are – Maybe the Thunder are lagging a little bit, and he's I mean, like Billy's like, okay, get out there. I know you're gonna play hard. You're gonna bust your ass. So let's let's try to raise raise the energy. energy I mean, that's what bit. that's what
1: homie has been is an energy guy off the bench, and Billy's like explicitly told me that about him. Like, yeah, when we're not executing and we're kind of slow playing it around, slow footing it around, like I can just throw Homie out there and he can get a steal in the open court, fast break, wide open dunk, and it wakes everybody up. So I mean, that's certainly something that the Thunder have off their bench. It's just. I don't know about letting Homie have the ball dribbling around and right. you know, basically running an offense. I just don't know. And he didn't really do that, but just the, the mid-range jumpers. I mean, I like Hommie Diallo, but I don't know. I think Billy will probably get a little bit tighter with him as we go along with the third scrimmage game against the Blazers. And then, of course, the seeding games that start on August 1st cannot wait because I'm tired of now watching basketball. It doesn't uh, matter. Uh, But, gentlemen, any uh, final thoughts? I mean, real quick, the Sixers are very good if they care and everything clicks. They're athletic. They're long. They've got all these skills. Joel Embiid didn't even play today. Um, They've got a ton of guys off the bench that can make some impacts here and there. Al Horford stays hitting threes against the Thunder. He's been doing that for, like, four years. Uh, But other than that, like, concerning the Thunder, any final thoughts?
0: It just felt like a uh – It felt like midseason form for the Thunder uh, up to halftime. Get out to an early deficit, kind of have some defensive questions in the first quarter, start chasing the game by chucking up some threes. And and while you get a lot of open threes in the process, miss a whole bunch. Then uh, Billy Donovan with his – what I think I said on Twitter, uh, his 5,000 IQ play of we just got to get this into clutch time and and they'll settle in. And it didn't matter. It was the second, third unit that uh, really figured it out. But, I mean – I just kind of go back to what you said earlier, Brady. This team does not look as rusty as I thought it was going to coming off this four-month break, and that's really optimistic because I cannot say that about some of the other teams that we have seen across this bubble restart. And so despite the fact that they fell down huge early and everyone's going to go, well, it was the second unit and the third unit from the Sixers that, that choked this one away, basically, I just think it's optimistic that you're really just Chris Paul firing and Gallinari getting back into it away from I feel like seeing the team that we kind of you know saw their potential starting to form before the restart
2: yeah no uh, final thoughts I think Dennis we, ne- we need Dennis back <laughs> need Dennis back as, as quickly as possible um, I'm all for Dort getting the backup point guard uh, minutes uh, love Darius Baisley I want to see him getting more opportunities more minutes going forward um, obviously, loved what I saw out of Deontay Burton. No one can change my mind. Uh, he had a perfect game by my standards, and uh, the comeback yeah. doesn't happen without and him. Exactly, and and I will say that as a final thing, I don't think there is any team in the Western Conference that wants the Oklahoma City Thunder as a first round matchup.
1: Yeah, they want Bama at this point. Two and zero scrimmage. Yeah,
2: it's uh, <laughs> it's coming. They want Bama. Saban is nowhere to be found.
1: He's a coward. Uh, actually, where are my manners? Before we get out of here, hey Burton. Why don't you take us around the association because we can do that now
2: around the association. Uh, Well, the only score that matters is Manchester United to Leicester City, nil Um, Manchester United finishing third in the Premier League uh, and ryan's chelsea finishing fourth respectively
0: no, who, champions League, uh, champions league we got to no, the champions league spot we, we got third sta- and tuesday and wednesdays you're back on the menu for <laughs> we, burton and ryan we wow. won
2: we won third and fourth today we won third and fourth today
0: you hijacked my podcast with your soccer talk yeah no i'm sorry i'm oh, sorry no. were there well, any tell, games today tell the think. tell the espn app to update these scrimmage games because i couldn't find it. it's <laughs> very it's not convenient to have to go to nba.com to find all these scores it's not convenient.
1: NBA.com's website is so annoying. By the way, Thunder fans, don't worry. No more streaming on the mobile app. Their Blazers game will be on FSOK, and I think the rest of them will, except for potentially the Clippers game as their final seeded game. That might be a national broadcast. I'm not sure, but who knows? Maybe Lou Williams will show up, but you know, there's a lot of time between now and then. There's a lot of trips to Magic City that can be taken, so... We will find out. But Matt Burton, Ryan Chapman, thank you so much for uh, stepping in today. Great job, everybody. Everybody, go watch the videos we posted on the Franchise OK's uh, Twitter account. It's funny. And uh, we braved the heat to do it to give you some smiles. Uh, but yay, the Thunder come back. They're 2-0 on the scrimmage. Who cares? Uh, but you're excited. I'm excited. Andre obviously is excited. I have my clothes on. Ryan does it. Matt does. It. We're going to have some fun. Ha <laughs> ha. Just kidding. Y'all have a good
2: one.